0: Joining us on the show is Dr. Suleiman Halen, who is the chairman of the Cape Fertility and also the president of the Southern African Society of Reproductive Medicine and Gynecological Endoscopy. The society represents specialists ranging from gynecologists and scientists to fertility and theater nursing sisters, allied practitioners, psychologists, and social workers in the field of gynecology, endoscopy, and reproductive medicine. It also serves to protect the interests of patients undergoing fertility treatment. Thank you so much, Dr. Halen, for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, what are the different types of fertility treatments are there? And in what cases are each of them suitable?
1: Thank you very much for the invitation. Yes, there are many different types of fertility treatments currently available. So if a couple has a fertility problem, we at the Fertility Clinic always do an assessment first. We try to find the cause of the fertility problem. And once we found, found the cause of the fertility problem, we try to treat the cause. So I give an example. If there are fibroids of uterus, growths of uterus, we try to remove them and we try to fix this. Or if there is something else like a blocked fallopian tube, we try to open the fallopian tube. So this is the first type of treatment that we have. We try to fix the cause. But sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes we cannot solve the problem, but we can help the couple to have a baby. And we do that by what is called assisted reproduction or IVF. These are techniques that we take out the eggs, we fertilize the eggs in the lab, and we transfer the fertilized egg back inside the, the, the woman. So these are very successful treatments currently. And very often we have to resort to this type of treatment instead to trying to fix the problem.
0: Doctor, what is the procedure when a client approaches the clinic for assistance? Is everybody welcome or does it go through some sort of screening process for particular clients?
1: Well, no, everybody is obviously welcome at the clinic. So everybody who wants a baby is very welcome at the fertility clinic. And it might have changed slightly with the COVID-19 situation. So there is a screening, but it's purely a screening based on health and symptoms. Hopefully, if somebody is infected with COVID-19 or has symptoms of COVID-19, they have to wait until they are better before we can start on fertility treatment. However, everybody is welcome and everybody who would like to conceive or would like to have a baby um, is very welcome at the fertility clinic for treatment.
0: Now, the clinic was not operating during Level 5. And what effect has the lockdown had on the operations of your facility and the services you offer?
1: SASREG is the South African Society of Reproductive Medicine and Gynecological Endoscopy. So that's basically the society of all the fertility doctors and the embryologists. And we have made guidelines during Level 5, Level 4, Level 3 about what fertility clinics should do. So, during Level 5, we decided it's actually best to also stop doing any fertility treatment and only urgent medical care was allowed, was recommended to do. So, during Level 5, most of the fertility clinics in the country closed and only we did very limited services. When Level 5 was stopped and we switched to Level 4, we could do all fertility services because medical care is an essential service and we started doing all fertility services. So all types of treatments are possible under level 4 and also under level 3, obviously with very special precautions to make sure that it is safe for both the patients and the staff of the fertility clinic and that there is no risk or very low risk of transmitting the virus to anybody. So the COVID-19 situation has changed our practice drastically, but fertility clinics are currently, with safety precautions, fully operational.
0: Now, Doctor, looking more specifically at the impact of the COVID-19, can a COVID-19 positive patient undergo any fertility treatment? And what are the health risks that COVID-19 poses to a fertility patient?
1: it's actually not so bad. The COVID-19, if somebody is COVID-19 positive, they cannot do fertility treatment and we have to wait until they are better. Fortunately, young, healthy women are particularly at low risk for COVID-19. That doesn't mean they cannot have COVID-19. They can have COVID-19 as easily as anybody else. However, they are probably the lowest risk group after children. So, Young, healthy women, if they have COVID-19, the chance for them of having very severe disease is low. And therefore, the impact on their health is low. If a woman would like to do fertility treatment and they are tested COVID-19 positive, we have to wait until they are better. Or if they are asymptomatic, we have to wait according to the new guidelines 10 days before they can return back to work or before they can go back for fertility treatment. So, if anybody, if any patient, if any woman must undergo a fertility procedure, they are tested, they go for the PCR swap for COVID-19, and if it's negative, we can obviously proceed with treatment. We have had several patients that have been tested positive, and unfortunately, then we have to postpone the treatment. But that's not a big problem. We can just postpone it for a few weeks and then normally the next month that the fertility treatment is is done. So the effect of COVID-19 on fertility patients, if we do it properly, properly, is not that big. Also, pregnant women, the risk for pregnant women is not that high. Obviously, we prefer that pregnant women do not have COVID-19 However, again, because a woman, they are usually young and healthy, if they have COVID-19 during pregnancy, there's a good chance they will have no symptoms or they have very mild symptoms, so their risk of having severe disease is not high. Only when they have severe disease, which requires hospitalization, there might be an increased risk of having a first trimester miscarriage, and there might be a risk of having early labor later in at the end of the pregnancy. However, these are quite rare and the risk for pregnant women with COVID-19 are not high and it's very reassuring for us that COVID-19 is not a um, a major factor for pregnant women.
0: Now, Dr. Halen, you speak of pregnant women or women trying to get pregnant. But what happens to women who test test positive for COVID-19 and in the future try to have children? COVID-19 is a novel virus and we're unsure of all of its effects yet. But some have mentioned scarring around the lungs, a lifelong impact. Could it have a lifelong impact on one's fertility?
1: Well, you are absolutely right. This is a very new virus. However, currently, there is no evidence that it can affect fertility, that it can have an effect on fallopian tubes, or can cause scarring inside the pelvis. Yes, we do know that there are certain infections, I give an example, one of them is called Chlamydia, can cause scarring inside the pelvis. However, the COVID-19, there is currently no evidence that it can cause scarring inside the pelvis, around the fallopian tubes, or in the uterus, and can affect future fertility. It's still a new virus, we are still learning about it, but with the current evidence that we have, we are quite reassured that COVID-19 is not going to cause fertility problems in the future. So, COVID-19 is currently for us only a problem for women if they are diagnosed, so that they must refrain from conceiving at that stage, to have hopefully a healthy pregnancy, but once they are fully recovered, we have got no major concerns for them.
0: Now, undergoing fertility treatment is quite an emotional journey for the couples involved. During Level 5 of the lockdown, some procedures had to be cancelled as they didn't form part of an essential service. How has this been for your patients? And how has the clinic been assisting them to cope with all the changes during this period?
1: Oh, this is a very good question. And when Level 5 came, when all the fertility societies in the world, the American Fertility Society, the European Fertility Society, the International Fertility Society, and the South African Fertility Society, when we decided to suspend fertility treatment, many patients were very upset because infertility is defined by the WHO as a disease, and that disease leads to disability. And it is actually an essential service, so many of our patients were quite distressed by this, and it had a quite a considerable impact on, on them. And fortunately, when Level 4 came, we could restart all fertility services. During Level 5, we had a legal opinion to ask if we can do fertility services. And that legal opinion was quite clear and said, yes, infertility is a disease that leads to disability, so any urgent can be done. <clears throat> So I give an example, if women were affected by cancer treatment and needed to freeze their eggs, this type of treatment was still allowed under level 5, or any patient who we were expecting that postponing of the treatment would lead to serious disability and poor prognosis was also allowed to proceed fertility treatment under level 5. Under level 4, it's obviously a lot better. Fortunately, Level 5 was only for one month and we could restart helping our patients very soon. But yes, the postponing of fertility treatments and the COVID-19 situation has been very stressful for all our patients and not only for the patients, also for the doctors and for the staff and for everybody else. We do have psychologists that are available for counseling, obviously currently with the COVID-19 situation, that is only done via online media. There are also videos that are being made by our such SASREC, the South African Fertility Society, to support our patients, and there have been online webinars for patients to help them during this difficult time. So these are the measurements that have, we've taken to try to support our patients during these difficult times of COVID-19.
0: So now, World Infertility Month was observed in June. How do you determine that a patient is infertile and what should happen after this?
1: Well, the definition of infertility is when a couple is trying to conceive for one year and no success has been obtained after one year, then we speak about fertility. So if Somebody trying to conceive and they are pregnant after two or three months, that's normal. If a couple has been trying to conceive and no conception occurs after for instance six months, we are usually not worried because it can be normal, because the natural chance of conceiving every month is not that high. However, the definition of fertility is if there is no conception after one year, then we speak about infertility or subfertility because it means there is maybe a reduced chance of conceiving, but there is still a chance of conceiving. There is a little bit of an exception for women over the age of 35, because we do know that over the age of 35, the chance of conceiving for a woman is starting to become lower and lower every year. And therefore, the definition of infertility for women over the age of 35 is if no conception occurs after six months, Instead of one year, <clears throat> we speak about infertility. So if that's the case, then the next step is to do an assessment. That means we do a full fertility workup to see what is the cause of the infertility. And we normally start with basic tests. The basic tests are a general examination and we take a history. So we ask the patient, the couple both, the male and the female, about their medical history, about operations, about hospitalizations, about medication, what what I use, and we do a full medical examination. Then we do also an assessment by an ultrasound of the uterus and the ovaries to see if the uterus and the ovaries are in good shape. We can do some additional blood tests on both partners, and for the male we do what we call a sperm count. That means we do a microscopical examination of the sperm of the male, and we see if the quality of the sperm and the quantity of the spam is fine. So we do a few baseline tests and then we can find in the majority of the cases the cause of the problem and once we have found the cause of the problem we're going to make a plan. Sometimes we have not found the cause and we have to do some additional tests, we have to do more complex testing that can also be done. So for infertility, we only speak about infertility if there is no conception after one year If there is no conception after one year, we do our testing and once we have done the testing, then we make a fertility plan for treatment.
0: Now, there are artificial wombs, which is also referred to as the coming era of motherless births, where humans can experience out-of-body gestation. This is being practiced in some parts of the world, like in Philadelphia. Is this an option that your fertility clinic is looking at or will explore in the future? And what are your general views on this method of conceiving?
1: Thank you very much for this very interesting question. Now we are speaking about future and we are speaking about research and something like an artificial womb or a pregnancy without woman is currently not possible yet. What is currently possible is, and it is not being practiced in South Africa but especially in Sweden, is a transplant of the uterus where a woman without uterus can have a, uter- a new uterus transferred, transplanted from somebody else. That is possible, but an artificial womb is currently not possible. Mm. There is still a lot of research involved and it's still something that is far away to have an artificial uterus and I don't think we'll see it within the next 20 years. So it's currently not a major concern that we have and we don't have to speak too much about it and we don't have too much ethical considerations about it because it's practically not available as yet. But yes, there is research ongoing, but it's still quite far away before it will become clinically available.
0: Some very interesting innovations happening in the world of fertility, and including technology and innovations have you, what technologies and innovations have you implemented in the procedures that you conduct? And have any of them been hastened by the COVID-19 pandemic?
1: So infertility is indeed a very exciting Um, scientific uh, world, we are really seeing that the, the treatment of infertility is progressing very quickly and what we are doing today is very different from what we did 20 years ago. There have been several major developments. One example for instance is the development of ICSI, which is now 20 years ago, when we inject one sperm cell into an egg. This has revolutionized male infertility. Before that, it was very difficult to treat male infertility, but now we can do that because in the majority of the cases, nearly every man can have his own biological child child as long as we have sperm. We also have other new techniques over the last few years. We have something which is called time-lapse technology. What is that? That is an incubator where there is a camera in the incubator. And this camera takes always pictures of the embryos, so once the eggs are fertilized, they are starting to grow, and then with a the little camera, we take continuously pictures, and then we get a video description, we've got a time-lapse video of, from the embryo over five years, which is beautiful and amazing to see, which gives us a lot of information about the embryo, and therefore we can better select the best embryos, there's another innovation, for instance, which is the automated automated spam analysis. So, if a husband, if a male gives a spam sample, we can take this spam sample and we can check it with a microscope. However, now we put it in a, in a, in a computer and the computer does an automatic spam analysis, which is a lot more accurate than it is done by a human being. So, this is an automatic spam analysis. Another um, technological thing what we had over the last few years, another invention is what we call preimplantation genetic diagnosis or pre-implantation genetic testing. Now what is that? That means that if we have an embryo that is 5 days old in the lab, we can remove a few of the cells of the embryo and we can send them for testing. We can send the embryo for testing for genetic disease or we can send it for testing for chromosomal abnormalities. And we can only transfer normal embryos, so this is called pre-implantation genetic diagnosis or pre-implantation genetic testing. So these are all very exciting developments, the time-lapse, the pre-implantation genetic testing, the automatic sperm analysis, which were not available in the past. During the COVID-19, I don't think there have been new developments coming just because of the COVID-19. However, because of the COVID-19, we are a lot more particular about safety issues, so safety has been always a very big thing in the lab, but now even it becomes more important because we obviously also try to avoid transmission of the virus to both patients to, and to, to our staff.
0: Now, with the world environmentally ever changing, what role does environmental issues play in fertility for both men and women? And what should people be looking out for?
1: There is, we are quite clear that there is a decrease in male fertility. So there is a lot of research ongoing that the sperm quality today is a lot less than sperm quality 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. There are many studies who have confirmed that, and we don't know exactly what is the cause of that, but yes, it is something outside, it's something in the environment, which is causing the decline in spam counts. This can be pollution, or it can be what is called estrogen-like factors in the environment, and certain pollutants, certain plastics that act like estrogen, What is that? That is female hormone, so some pollutants, some plastic, some others, um, environmental factors that are over there, can act like female hormone, and therefore can have an effect on Spam quality, and we are not 100% sure yet exactly what it is, or what we can do about it, but there is definitely, at this stage, a decline, in male infertility, because something is happening outside, from pollution. It's not only for males, but also for females. And we know that egg quality is also affected by, by pollutants and by outside factors. A lot of women ask me very often, what can we do? to improve the air quality. There is maybe not too much what we can do to improve air quality, but there's a lot that we can do to reduce air quality. I give examples, things like smoking, things like unhealthy diet, being overweight, and an excess amount of alcohol are all proven that they can have an effect on egg quality and therefore reduce the chance of conceiving. We also know, for instance, that there is currently an epidemic of obesitas, of being people that overweight, also in South Africa. And fertility treatment is a lot less successful in women that are overweight than are women that have got a normal weight, that have got a normal body mass index. So yes, there is a lot happening outside of the bodies that has an effect on the fertility of both females and males.
0: And Doctor, further asking this question, how do chronic diseases affect one's chances of conceiving?
1: Well, a chronic disease very often does not have an effect on the chance to conceive, but will make that there is a problem, maybe in pregnancy. I give an example, a woman with diabetes, or a woman with hypertension, or a woman with asthma, or a woman with heart disease, will have, in the majority of the cases, a good chance of conceiving, however, once they are pregnant, there can be an effect on the pregnancy itself. We can have more complications in pregnancy, so high blood pressure in pregnancy, diabetes in pregnancy, preeclampsia in pregnancy are more common in cases like that. Certain specific pelvic diseases, pelvic disorders can have an effect on fertility. One important one is fibroids of the uterus. A fibroid is a benign growth of the uterus and we see that very often in our South African patients. So this is a disease of the uterus where there are abnormal growths, where there are growths of the muscle of the uterus and they can have an effect on the fertility. These fibroids can also cause pain and cause excessive menstrual bleeding and can cause, cause also sometimes compression symptoms on surrounding organs like the bladder or the intestines. And then we have got another chronic condition, another chronic condition of the pelvis, which is called endometriosis. Endometriosis is the lining of the uterus, and the lining of the uterus uterus then grows somewhere else, usually outside the uterus, on the fallopian tubes, or the ovaries, or on the back of the uterus, on the bowel, or on the bladder. So endometriosis is also a chronic disease which can lead to pain but also which can lead to infertility and which are the very common causes of infertility. Another one is called polycystic ovarian syndrome. Polycystic ovarian syndrome is a disease of the ovary which leads to a bad ovulation. But that polycystic ovarian syndrome is also associated with high blood pressure and with diabetes so these women have a reduced chance of conceiving because they have a bad ovulation, but also they have got a risk in pregnancy, once they are pregnant they have got an increased risk of having pregnancy complications like diabetes and hypertension in pregnancy. So fibroids of uterus, pelvic endometriosis and polycystic ovarian syndrome are three typical causes of gynecological disorders that can lead to infertility. The general health issues on the majority of the cases have not too much impact on female infertility, although general health can reduce the chance of conceiving. It's also important for males, where hypertension, diabetes and chronic conditions can have an effect on sperm quality. So the testis is nearly the most sensitive organ of a male body, so any serious chronic male disorder will have an effect on his sperm cell production.
0: For couples or individuals seeking answers on their personal fertility, how can they get hold of Cape Fertility Clinic?
1: They can go to our website, we've got the website www.capefertility.co.za or they can email us at info at capefertility.co.za or we've got a facebook website or we've got also an instagram page and my email address is shelen s-h-e-y-l-e-n at capefertility.co.za for appointments you can call on 021-674-2088
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Halen, for joining us here on The COVID Report and sharing with us how fertility has been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By, by to hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1, 88.1. or stream via www.vofm.co.za.